You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Welcome on in, guys. Happy hump day. Hopefully your week has been off to a great start. I've got a jam-packed episode for you today. So hopefully you've got some no-filter wine handy. Um... I've got a lot to break down with you guys. I've got a very special interview with Vanderpump Rules star Brock Davies and the father of biohacking, Mr. Dave Asprey, who you guys may know of as the guy that invented the bulletproof coffee. But before we geek out on all that stuff, because you guys know I'm like such a wellness junkie. So I have that interview coming later in the show. Um, But first, I do want to talk about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion looks. Those are out. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City taglines for a Season three just dropped, and um, I want to talk about some of the the streaming that I got to get done over the weekend. So we'll catch up on all of that. But over the weekend, I got to catch up on all of my streaming. I want to watch Dahmer. I'll probably talk about Dahmer next week. I know because it's such like a hot topic. Maybe we'll talk about Dahmer and Bros, the new Billy Billy Ike movie. Is, is it Ike Eilish? It's not Billy Eilish. That's that's the singer. Billy Ike, I think is his name from Billy on the Streets, where he's like in the streets and he's like, ma'am, for a dollar, will you talk to me? So we'll talk about bros and we'll talk about Dahmer next week. I'm like scared to watch Dahmer, but I did watch Hocus Pocus 2 and I watched Blonde, which is the controversial Marilyn Monroe. It's like a fictional biopic. And I have some feels about both of them. I know Blonde has taken a lot of heat and controversy. So I kind of want to talk about like that because I feel like it's the, the heat is a little unwarranted. And then Hocus Pocus, I actually, I just, I loved it. So well, actually, let's talk about Hocus Pocus first, okay? I know some of you guys are here for reality TV, but like I am starting to like mix up my brain with other fun content, okay? So let me have my moment. I just have to say that like anyone that tells you that Hocus Pocus is not great, is soulless like Diana, okay? Because it's actually a really cute movie. Is it like the original? Not really. It's kind of like a reimagined version with the Sanderson sisters. It's a lot more lighthearted. It's a lot more fun. It's not as like menacing. There isn't, you know, some of like the adult humor that we get in the first one, you know, where we you know, we kind of like dance around the topic of like what a virgin is. And we, you know, like in the, in the original movie, we do have like the guy who's dressed up as a devil for Halloween. Right. And then, you know, Sarah's like all over him cause she's boy crazy and all of that. So we don't have like some of those more like adult undertones. It feels a lot more Disney compared to the, the original, but like, it's not the original. It's also like not really a sequel as much as, uh, it really is kind of just like an entirely different film. So I won't give any spoilers, but I will say that we do get a little origin story of the Sanderson sisters and how they became witches and, you know, them as kids in Salem. We get a modern day return of the Sanderson sisters. And listen, Hocus Pocus was not a major hit when it first came out. It became a hit later. It like got like a cult following and mostly like a millennial cult following because it was constantly being aired on um, 
what was it, like ABC Family. I think now they're called Freeform. They have their, what is it, 30 Days of Halloween, where they show a new Halloween movie every every day of the, the month. So, and it's similar to like their, what, 14 Days of Christmas or something like that. So they played this movie every year for us on the Disney Channel and on uh, ABC Family. So it was constantly being played. So I feel like we eventually like developed a love and appreciation for it when it really wasn't that big of like a a critics, you know, I don't think it was it was critically acclaimed at all, really. It just kind of built a Halloween following. Um, but like as a millennial that grew up watching it, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's a little hokey at times. It's a little campy in some parts, but I think it had a, like a really great message. It like really did justice to the Sanderson sisters. We don't get any of the original characters. Max isn't in there. Um, Thorna Birch isn't in there. Who's Danny? She played the little girl, Danny. Max was her older brother. We don't get a Thackeray Binks, um, which makes me sad. And I feel stupid saying Thackeray Binks because I, I always grew up thinking his name was Zachary Binks because my name is Zachary. So I was like, oh my God, Zachary Binks, that's like me. But his name is Thackeray with the T-H, which I just, I think is stupid. And he spelled my name wrong. So I'm glad he's not in the second film. We do have a black cat, but it's not Thackeray Binks. So we don't get Binks. We do get Billy, who's the, um, I guess he's a zombie who was uh, Winifred's ex. He's in it, and the Sanderson sisters are in it. And aside from... And they're the original actresses. It's Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, So aside from those four characters from the original film, we don't get anybody else, which is kind of sad. But I do know on Disney+, Plus they have like a 25-year celebration where they bring back some of the old cast members, or I think all of the cast members, actually. They bring them all back, and they did like this whole thing hosted by Jordan Fisher and Vanessa Hudgens that I thought was kind of cute. I haven't finished it because maybe it wasn't that cute, but I thought Hocus Pocus 2 is cute. If you have family, watch it. If you're a millennial, watch it. If you just need something lighthearted to balance out all of the heavy housewife stuff, I would say watch Hocus Pocus 2. I thought it was cute. Okay. And I know you guys think I have really bad opinions and really bad takes. So if you think so, then get ready because I'm going to talk about blonde. Okay. I feel very differently about Blonde than I do about Hocus Pocus. I don't think it's as fun and lighthearted. So, and the critics and viewers are like literally ripping it to shreds every single day. And people are like really up in arms. And you know, when people pull up the pitchforks, I always kind of like to take things with a grain of salt and be like, "Mm, okay, so what is this actually about? So the film itself is, it's on Netflix and it's described as a look at the rise and fame and the epic demise of actress Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest stars in the world. So it's not really a biopic, which is kind of like a biography. I think it's based off of a book that came out many years ago and it kind of follows that same premise of the book. So it's not really a biopic, but it's not entirely fiction either. Um, and it's gotten some heat from people claiming that it like over-sexualizes Marilyn or exploits her trauma. I'll say this. So if anything, I would say it gave me great compassion for Marilyn Monroe or for Norma Jean, who's that's her real name, Norma Jean. It gave me compassion for her in a way that I don't think I had prior to no prior to, to seeing the film, right? So my interpretation is that the film isn't necessarily meant to be factual as much as it's meant to tell the story of how we as a culture killed Marilyn Monroe. Um 
so some of the details here, I know I didn't give any real spoilers for Hocus Pocus 2, but I'm fair warning. There are some mild spoilers ahead. I don't think it ruins the film at all, anything that I'm about to say. But if you do plan on watching Marilyn and you want zero spoilers and zero context and you want to go in like a full virgin ready to light the black candle and reinvigorate the Sanderson sisters, then I suggest you skip ahead a little bit. But um, I do think that some of the details do hyperbolize certain things and they twist certain details. So, for example, the film shows Marilyn having a three uh, a throuple. A, well, I guess it started as a threesome and then it became a full on throuple with two actors in Hollywood. One them, uh, one of them being Cass Chaplin, who is Charlie Chaplin's son, and then Eddie Robinson Jr., who's Eddie Robinson's son. Um, and so it shows her falling in love with them. I think she meets them at an acting class, falls in love with both of them, and then they end up having this like sexual relationship and it turns into a romantic relationship and it shows her having a throuple with them. So while I looked into it because I did try to compare and do like some fact checking of like what in the film was actually real and what in the film wasn't real. And so while Marilyn was linked to both of these actors in real life very briefly, there's no proof of them actually having a throuple or even so little as a threesome. But it also shows Marilyn like being assaulted by President Kennedy, which also hasn't necessarily been proven, though I know many people believe that they did have some sort of romantic sexual relationship. And I know there were multiple allegations against Kennedy back in the day. So we have no proof proof that any of that happened. But, you know, I it does kind of dance on that or not dance on it, but it kind of gets in your face about some of the things that were kind of danced on in the media about some of Marilyn's relationships. And it gets a little more in your face with some of these things. Another one is Marilyn's mother, right? Or Norma Jean's mom. So there's a scene that shows her mother trying to drown her as a child. And while there's no proof of that ever actually happening, Marilyn did speak of her mother and saying that she did threaten to kill her at least on three different occasions. So there's a lot of loose retelling of things, but I don't think that the movie is meant to be taken so factually or so on the nose. I think it's meant to depict this tale of Marilyn having a troubled relationship with her mother who wasn't well. So she ended up getting put in an orphanage and her mother ended up being institutionalized and it shows how that affected her as a child and not having a father. And I think she never really got to know her father. So she often craved this desire to be loved by men, which is told through this romanticized portrayal of her being in a throuple she didn't care how she got the love even if it was like an unorthodox type of love she just craved that affection and I think these two men fed that appetite and it kind of shows her like conflict with you know what's appropriate and what's not appropriate and how do I be Norma Jean and how do I be Marilyn Monroe this person that everybody wants me to be in this character that I'm supposed to be because that's what's getting me this you know critically acclaimed recognition and all these accolades and and this like you know adoration as a woman but I just want love behind the scenes you know same thing with the Kennedy stuff we don't know for certain that he actually assaulted her but her concept of love and seeking approval from from men was so convoluted and men did often take advantage of her and that's really prevalent in the film is how much men from different angles be it her agent or be it the president or be it these other men in Hollywood or just the people that went to see her films that really shows how, you know, she was taken advantage of just as a culture, right? 
And so there's also this other scene in the film that I actually really loved because I was able to kind of identify myself and relate to it where she's getting ready. She's getting her, she's putting her makeup on and there are these women that are reading this fan mail that comes into her. And one of them's like, oh my God, Marilyn, you're amazing and you're so beautiful. And it was just like this really sweet message, right? And then the next woman pulls out the next letter and she's like, you're a whore and you're all these things. And it's this like mean, nasty message. Um, And, you know, they're both kind of like, oh my God, we just got one really sweet message and then we just got one really like mean nasty message and then Marilyn's like putting on her lipstick and she's like so she's like it's like the critics you know some of them love Marilyn and some of them hate Marilyn but what does that have to do with me and I think it's so it's so true I mean as somebody that reads the YouTube comments and I you know I not in any way am I comparing myself to Marilyn or saying that I have any sort of you know fame or recognition the way Marilyn did but as somebody on a much much teeny tinier microscopic level reading YouTube comments reading the Apple podcast reviews sometimes you get that juxtaposition of being like oh my god I love this podcast and Zach is so objective and Zach does his research and he tries to come unbiased and only delivers facts and then the other one's like Zach is just an Erica Jane stan and I hate him and his opinions are so biased and he's the worst and it's a one star rating. And so it's so funny how, you know, when you are in any sort of public forum, you do have that black and white type of um, response from people. Some people love you and some people hate you. And I think, you know, that definitely shows that you invoke some sort of reaction out of people. And I've kind of just learned to, to accept it, good, bad and indifferent. Actually, not indifferent. Indifferent is when you know you're not doing a good job because when you're indifferent, that means people don't have an opinion of you. I'd rather you love me and hate me rather than not have an opinion of me altogether. So I welcome all of it. I love the the five-star reviews. Please don't leave me mean reviews. I don't like mean reviews. But I also know, as Marilyn expressed in the film, like it has nothing to do with Norma Jean and it also has nothing to do with Marilyn Monroe. It has everything to do with the person that's sending that. Either they're feeling good and they want to uplift somebody else or they're feeling bad and they want to rip them down. The film itself is very, I would say it's pretty dark. Um, and I don't use that lightly like Crystal Minkoff. I would say it's it's a darker film, not in like a scary sense, but like it really does bring trauma to the forefront. It brings exploitation to the forefront. It shows pain in a way that I think is just very raw. It's a very sexual film as well. And it's also very long. It's almost three hours long. So I had to break it up into like two sessions where I watched like the first hour and a half. And then on Sunday I finished it. But like I said, I left having such a deep amount of empathy for for Norma Jean and Marilyn Monroe. I would say both of them, even though Marilyn Monroe is a fictional character and Norma Jean is the woman that played her. I think people exploit her all the time, right? In a sexual way that glamorizes Marilyn Monroe. But I don't think this film exploits Marilyn as much as it shows us who Norma Jean is, the real woman behind the character that is Marilyn Monroe, right? I barely knew anything about Norma Jean. I barely even knew that her name was Norma Jean. I knew her name wasn't Marilyn Monroe and I probably heard the name Norma Jean a few times but I only knew of this beautiful Marilyn character that we have built up and put on this pedestal and then when you really get into her and you realize like Norma Jean did not like Marilyn Norma Jean had to become Marilyn so the way that we idolize Marilyn Monroe it even kind of makes me question it like you walk down Hollywood Boulevard and you have all this Marilyn Monroe memorabilia and all of this merch with her face on it and her and her dress being flown like uh, 
flying up and, you know, seeing her underwear. I think in Palm Springs, you have that giant statue where you can literally see up her coochie. So I'm like, we we glamorize this character that is Marilyn without often giving us the context behind who that character is. And that character is this woman named Norma Jean. And she didn't have a, a great upbringing and she didn't know her father and she was taken ava- advantage of in Hollywood. And we don't often give credit to that. And I think the film is beautifully done though very tragic and it's a very tragic portrayal of Marilyn's life from when she was a child to when she committed suicide and passed away but it shows us how desperately Norma Jean just wanted to be seen and wanted to be loved rather than diminished to just this pretty blonde that was made for the world to see as entertainment you know we took Marilyn and we made Marilyn what we wanted Marilyn to be and that's not who Norma Jean is and Norma Jean is somebody that struggled and is somebody that suffered and is someone that experienced a lot of trauma. And I think though the film is a little dark and is very in your face about certain things, and obviously a lot of the details in it are exaggerated or like I said, twisted together like the thruple thing with Cass Chaplin and Eddie Eddie Robinson Jr. I feel like those things, yes, I feel like people are focusing too much on them without realizing the overarching theme of the film, which is to show how we as a culture and how Hollywood destroyed Marilyn and how we were all complicit in that and how we're still complicit in killing Norma Jean and destroying this woman because she needed to be this character in order to be accepted by the world and loved by the world. So I think it's a good movie. Again, not entirely factual, very long, but it's good. It's just really sad. And warning, there is a lot of nudity, but the actress, Anna, I hope I'm pronouncing her her last name correctly, Anna de Armas, de Armas, de, yeah, I think that's Anna, Anna, Anna de Armas. I think she did an incredible job with her portrayal. I think she was very raw. She was very open. I loved her performance. She also has a very beautiful body. So that's, you know, she did a lot of nude scenes. um, But, you know, you definitely see her breasts quite a bit throughout the film. And as a gay man, I had a deep appreciation for it. So she really shows us this broken woman behind Marilyn or behind Norma Jean, which I think is the side of Marilyn I've never seen before. And like I said, I left having some real compassion and empathy for her. So I'd, I'd recommend it. It's on Netflix. Hocus Pocus is on Disney+. Plus, So both are, are streaming now. And if you have any other shows that you want me to watch, review, recap, let me know. Only because I know people have been loving book clubs. So I figured why not recap some of these like docuseries or films or movies, whatever. So I'll do Dahmer and I'll talk about bros. I know there's a lot of controversy around bros. I don't know if I'll watch it between now and next week, but I do want to touch on some of the con- the criticism and some of Billy's reaction to it because I'm not a big fan. Maybe I'll bring on Jacques for that one. We'll see. Uh, okay. So the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion looks are here. This week we have the Beverly Hills finale. Next week we have the first part of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. And oh boy, are there lots of opinions already. Now, the setting is the Beverly Hills Hotel, so the whole the the set itself is inspired by different parts within the Beverly Hills Hotel. We got lots of soft colors, lots of pinks and blues and some yellow. Rinna and Garcelle are probably the two outliers. Rinna had a more like Cheetah Girls inspired print, and then Garcelle had a very practical magic, all black sort of look. And in her 
interview behind the scenes that was released on the Bravo TV app, she talks about how she wanted a darker look. You know, obviously Halloween's coming up and this is airing around Halloween, so maybe that had something to do with it. She didn't really give us context as to why she went with this look. And then we don't get any video or interviews from Rena. And Diana's obviously naturally not there because she was in Hawaii. She um, tested positive and wasn't able to come. And so she had to call in. So she zoomed in and she has a brief segment at the reunion. But we don't have her actual fashion look. Who knows what she actually wore. She probably called in from like her iPhone. I don't think Diana really gives a shit to be honest with you. But um, if they would have fit more on theme of like this Beverly chic that I feel like the other women kind of danced on. I feel like if Garcelle and Rena fit more with that theme, then I felt like it would have been a little more cohesive. Because like I said, the other women, they had a lot of metallics, but like a bright metallic, right? Like bright blues and shiny, you know, jewelry and these brighter colors that I thought went really well and were complimentary. But I just think Garcelle's look and Rena's look were just so random um, that I wish they would have done something a little closer to to the theme and then it would have felt a little more cohesive but I have to say tremendously better and a huge upgrade from last year because last year's looks were were a little rough they were just all over the place and there was zero cohesion to it so let's go through some of these looks because we, we we got a lot of them okay so let's start with Kyle so Kyle has her hair pulled up and her, or it's pulled up and back in a long curly pony. She has two little strands by her side. And her hair is a lot of a warmer blonde. She, I guess you would consider this kind of like an ombre where the roots are overgrown and dark. And then as, you know, it goes down to the tip, it's a lot more blonde. It's brighter, but it's kind of a warmer blonde. And I'm not a big fan of the warm blonde colors only because sometimes I feel like unless you have a skin tone that can really pull it off, it can wash you out. And I think Kyle has a very warm skin tone and I don't like when she does these like caramel blonde sort of streaks in her hair or this color so I'm not a fan of this it's the blonde is better than the bangs I will say that but I'm not a fan of the color of her hair nor am I a fan of it being pulled back like this necessarily just because I feel like it doesn't really mesh well with her skin tone which is a lot warmer and then she's wearing this like bright pink almost iridescent sort of dress it comes down to the knee it has a little slit it's got shoulder pads it's got long arms it feels very similar to the style of the bright yellow dress that she wore a couple seasons ago to the reunion and then the dress itself reminds me of that Tom Ford dress that Lisa Vanderpump wore a couple seasons ago as well so it's a lot brighter it's a lot softer it's more of a, a bright baby pink with some iridescent sort of vibes to it. I think the dress itself is gorgeous and it looks great and it's very form-fitting on her. So I gave taglines to each of these women's looks and so this is Kyle's tagline. This is the tagline that I gave her for the reunion. In this town, Michael Myers has nothing on me. Have you met my sisters? I would give Kyle's look overall a 5 out of 10. I think it had so much potential and could have really been a moment, but the color of the dress combined with her hair color and her skin tone just wash her out altogether, and I feel like it just missed the mark. Then we get to Garcelle, and Garcelle, I feel like she's going to put a spell on me, and she's going to cancel me like she did the reel, but she's wearing this, it's a short black dress, it has lots of embellishment around the, the, 
what is that? The negligee? Not the negligee, but that uh, decollete. Well, I can't think of the right word. But anyway, the chest, the boobies. Okay. She's got this like, it's it's this mesh with all this embellishment and it has this like see-through sort of black um, material. She's got shoulder pads that are kind of poofy and long black sleeves. It's a short black dress. It comes up a lot higher than the the knee. And then she's wearing these long black uh, thigh-high boots. Her hair is pulled up. It's straight and it's pulled up into a high pony. She's also got some big, uh, very bedazzled earrings on as well. I just think this look is not it's not great. Um, it's very, I know she said she wanted to go very dark. Uh, it does remind me of Halloween, but it's not really hitting it for me. I don't think it's, it fits very well. I don't think it shows off, you know, she's got a beautiful body and she's got great hips that I don't think those are, are shown off very well. I also think, you know, it just, it doesn't do anything for her, her body or her bone structure. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of the long boot with the short skirt on her. I just think if the dress were a little longer and a little more form fitting, I think it would have looked a lot better on her. The hair I think is nice. I don't hate the hair, but it's also just a little simple as compared to the dress that's a little over the top. And I just, I'm not a fan of it. I thought that the theme, I, my guess since the set is, Beverly Hills Hotel. I thought the theme was probably like Beverly chic. And this to me is nothing chic or Beverly about this. It's Beverly flop for me. Um, but I did give her a tagline as well. And her tagline is don't ever come for my kids or like the real I'll end you. Samantha. We know Samantha is Oliver, her son's baby mama, wife, ex-wife, former lover, however we want to categorize her, because we don't really know what bucket to put her in. But and Samantha actually did respond to this on my Instagram stories and she put the the oh wow emoji. Then we get to Sutton and Sutton is wearing this it's an awful pink dress. So the the pattern of it reminds me of like a your grandma's tablecloth. It's pink. It's a very nice like I wouldn't say it's a full hot pink, but it, it's it's a nice pink. Um, this She has long sleeves and it kind of covers her all the way up to the neckline, but the dress itself comes up above the knee. It's very ill-fitting on her. It kind of just hangs on her. And I get it. Like she has very slim legs and she has very slim arms. I know people like to make fun of her and call her like SpongeBob, but I just don't feel like this, if anything, if you already have a boxy shape, then I just don't feel like this makes it any better. If anything, it makes her look more boxy. And I don't think she has a terrible body either. I just don't think that this dress really does anything for her. And the fact that she's like fully covered up except for her legs. I mean, if the legs are what you really want to show off, I think she also has like some great arms, but I just, I don't think the fit of the dress is great. I don't like the dress overall. I don't know who I would even like this dress on. I just don't think it's a pretty dress overall. And then she has her hair t- pulled up and tied back in a ponytail and it's curly and it goes down curly, but it reminds me of remember on Real Houses of Beverly Hills when Ramona wore that tight high ponytail to what was it Sonia's party and it just did not flatter her at all. I agree with that. Like it's giving me like this whole entire look is giving me like my little pony, but like my little pony broke down and missed the race, you know? And it's just not, it's not doing it for me. I would give it, Garcelle's, I would give a two out of 10. Sutton's, I would give a one out of 10. 
and I just feel like like Sutton's fashion is normally pretty pretty bad, but I think her hair really kills it, and this is my least favorite overall. So one out of ten. And her tagline is like Popeyes on some fine china. All I need me is a side of some sweet tea. Then we get into Dorit. Also heavily disappointed in Dorit. Um, it, it to me another tablecloth. It's blue, and she's got some cute chunky blue shoes on love the shoes but the dress itself just feels like it doesn't even look like your grandma's tablecloth it looks like a party city tablecloth and we just wrapped it around one shoulder and it's just kind of hanging on Dury. it's very short um and it just didn't really have the fashion moment that i was hoping for the shoes were great and i feel like with the perfect dress these shoes would have been a great pairing she has her hair put up in a braid and the braid comes down along the side along her over her right shoulder she has a lot of like hanging jewelry some hanging pearls some hanging necklaces some hoop earrings there seems to be a lot of embellishment in the braid um it's not my favorite look on her at all. The roots of her hair look really dark. The coloring of the photos weren't great because Bravo didn't release like some great high quality photos. So it's a little hard to tell the exact coloring of certain things. But I didn't love this look on Dorit. I feel like it was such a miss. I feel like I would have to give it maybe at best like a four or a f- I, would, I, can't, I can't even give it a five out of ten. I would say maybe a four out of ten. And her tagline is not homeless, not toothless, but totally chic. I think she's totally trying to be chic. Um, I'm really disappointed because I love Dorit and I feel like she gives us so many fashion moments, but I feel like it's she's wearing some wind chimes with a Party City tablecloth over her. Then we get into Crystal. Crystal's tagline is, in a dark world, in a world this dark, yellow makes me feel safe because we know Crystal loves her safe space. Probably one of my more favorite looks. She's wearing a long yellow dress. It is, it's got the long sleeves. It doesn't appear to have, oh yeah, it does have shoulder pads. So it's a nice, I wouldn't even say it's fully neon. Again, the coloring of these photos is hard to tell, but it's a really pretty yellow dress. It's long. It's down to the ankle on one side. And then the other side, her right side has an, uh, thigh high slit. It's very form fitting. Her hair is a little basic, but I feel like it's nice. It's pretty. It's a good clean look. Her shoes look really cute too. It looks like she's got some nude heels on. So I think it's tremendously better from her last reunion look, which just felt a little sleeping beauty to me. This one is a much better improvement. I think I would give it a nine out of 10, possibly even a nine and a half if I could actually see like what the color really looks like. Then we get into Kathy Hilton. Remember, Rena, silence is golden. Just ask Kyle. So Kathy's reunion dress is giving me very much like a Stepford Wives sort of vibe, right? And I feel like she's going to murder me. Um, her hair is very pretty. I love Kathy's hair. It's very regal. It's very elegant. It's very chic. She's got a beautiful necklace on. I actually kind of like this look on Kathy Hilton. The dress itself doesn't feel like very chic and high class it feels you know a little off the rack from Nordstrom rack but the color is very pretty again hard to tell with the coloring of the photos her hair looks great her makeup looks great the dress is pretty but it feels very Stepford Rives it the sleeves come down to the elbow it's got a fairly low um, cleavage, uh, yeah, low cleavage. Uh, the dress comes above the knee. It's kind of, it reminds me a little bit, the shape of it reminds me of like a bow peep, but it's not the most form-fitting, but I think for Kathy, it does look really good on her. 
And I would probably give this look maybe a six, possibly even a seven out of 10, but I think I'm going to go with the six just because I feel like it looks great, but the dress itself doesn't fully hit the mark. Then we get to Rinna and Rinna is in this cheetah inspired, you know, it's, it's very cheetah girls. It's very Jersey-licious, but it actually, her hair looks incredible. She's got the blonde wig on. I think it looks really great. I think the color is very great because she has the the darker, tanner skin skin tone color. Sorry. She's got a very deep, smoky eye. She's got the bright or the it's a nude lip, but it looks I think her makeup looks flawless. Again, this could be, you know, the face tuning or the filtering of it. But I think her face looks incredible. Her hair looks incredible. The tan is popping. It's it's dark. Um, and I think the cheetah print combined with the dark color does make it feel a lot more Jersey, but she's also got like a, it looks like a cross for a necklace. Um, so it is a little gaudy, but the dress itself, I don't feel like it's as elegant for a reunion dress. It does feel a little more of a clubby type of dress, but it looks great. Um, it does feel a little dated though. I'm not going to lie. It also feels like something Kim Kardashian might've worn back in like 2009, but it's very form fitting. Her breasts look incredible in this dress. Her body looks incredible. The jewelry, I think, is really great. It's not overdone. It's elegant, but not overstated. And her tagline, I said, because it's it's very cat-inspired, it's very fierce and feline. I said, just like Carol Baskin, we don't talk about the husband, but we will talk about Kathy. Then we get into my favorite look of all of them, and that's Erica Jane's look. I think last year she probably was in like my bottom two for reunion looks, but this year I think she brought it. She delivered. It's this like baby blue color. It. Uh, she's one of the only ones that released her reunion look at, right after the reunion, so I feel like some of you guys may have already seen it if you're um, just listening to this on the podcast, I'm pretty sure you saw it on Instagram prior if you haven't seen some of the other looks yet. But she's got a high, her hair is very high and very voluminous. She's got a little bit of a crown. Her eyeshadow looks great. It looks like it's like a darker, deep blue. Um, yeah, it looks like there's like some blue tone in it, right? The dress itself is, it gives me like intergalactic Barbie. Xenon gives us glam, right? I actually really like it. I really enjoy it. It's got long sleeves. It's got a little slit for the boobies. The neckline does come all the way up. But like I said, we have a little cross slit that shows off the bubbies. The dress itself is very short. Um, so I feel like we definitely need to make sure we're, we're concealing the puss when we sit down. The heels are great. They remind me of Dorit's shoes, but it's also in this like metallic style blue. It looks great. I think Erica, I'm going to give her a 10 out of 10. And I'm going to say she stole the show. Someone on Twitter said that it reminds them of like... Um, Honey Boo Boo in the pageant days. What is, what was the name of that show? Not Here Comes Honey Boo Boo, but there was, oh, not Dance Moms, but you know, the pageant girls. It does feel a little pageant girl-y, but it doesn't have like the ruffles and it's not very um, billowy. It's very form-fitting. It looks incredible on her. I'm curious to see what these are actually going to look like once they're on camera because the photos in the camera are very different. But I have to say, I'm giving Erica a 10 out of 10 and her tagline is... These earrings are all mine and I'll wear them just fine because she came to own it, baby. I think she looks incredible and that's going to be my favorite. Crystal in a number two and Sutton, I'm going to say, is my least favorite. It's just ill-fitting. The hair doesn't flatter her at all and it's just overall uh, probably Sutton's worst look if I'm if I'm 
going to be honest. I would say this look with Erica, there was a, a reunion where she wore this like bright metallic, or not bright, but like a deeper royal. I want to say it was like a metallic blue dress and she had the bright blonde hair and there was a lot of volume in that. That I think may have been Erica's best reunion look. This one, I think either... This may be her best because it's also very campy and not glam, not all glam. I think I'm going to give this one as Erica's best reunion look. And then the other blue one with the, the blonde bombshell sort of look that I'll give her as a number two. Some of the others weren't my favorite. I liked the bright, the, or I guess it wasn't bright pink. It was more of like a hot fuchsia sort of pink with the shoulder pads and the high pony. She's had some good reunion looks and she's had some not so great reun reunion looks. This one I would say is my favorite. So there you is. Reunion airs next Wednesday. So stay tuned. Get ready. Don't miss the finale this week. Okay. I want to give a shout out to my favorite healthy meat stick brand, Chomps. Made from the highest quality, sustainable protein without any junk or hidden ingredients. Listen, I don't spill low-budget tea, and we don't chomp on that low-budget meat. I'm talking grass-fed and finished only, okay? with only clean ingredients. And these aren't some stale or greasy meat sticks you find at the gas station. These bad boys are yummy. I like them as a perfect power punch after a workout or in between tapings, or as a great way to stay fueled on the go. They keep me full and satiated throughout the day, which really helps me cut those late night cravings. Each stick is packed with nine to 10 grams of protein with no sugar. They're gluten-free, carb-free, Whole30 friendly, and paleo certified. Boom, let's pack in some healthy protein and cut those ravenous cravings. And this week only, use code ZAC20 for 20% off your order. Head on over to chomps.com. Use code ZAC20 at chomps, that's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com right now. You're not going to regret it. Now let's talk about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City and let's dive into these season three taglines because we got some taglines. Taglines are finally here for episode two. We didn't get them for the premiere, but we have Jen Shaw, Whitney Rose, Lisa Barlow, Meredith Marks, and Heather Gay that are the full-time housewives this season. They got their snowflake and now we got their taglines. We know the other women are just friends of, so they don't have any taglines. So first up, we got Miss Shaw Amazing Jen Shaw, right? So her tagline is, I'm fighting for my life, not your approval. Well, girl, it looks like you lost that fight because you're going to prison. Um, I'm fighting for my approval. I'm fighting for my life, not your approval. I think it's a good tagline. I would say maybe a 9 out of 10. If it weren't Jen Shaw and it were just like a tagline of someone going through some shit, I would say it's a good tagline. Way better than her Shaw Amazing tagline. What was it? The only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw Amazing. Well, that aged well. Okay, then we get into the next one, which is Whitney's tagline. So yeah, I'd give Jen Shaw's a 9 out of 10. I actually think it's a good tagline. It's clean. It's simple. It goes with her storyline. It makes sense. It fits. If the shoe fits. So Whitney Rose, her tagline is, I'm more, I'm more of a free spirit without the Holy Spirit. Dumb. 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 I just think it's dumb. Like, she's literally hijacking Heather's storyline. Like, if I were Heather, I would be pissed. I would throw her into the swamp because I would be like, listen, girl, this was already my... Like, you're already, you're jumping on to what I started, okay? I'm the bad Mormon. You're the, the, the wife that drains all of the savings, okay? Go build Whitney Rose skincare. I actually like Whitney Rose, and I think she looks great in these recent cast photos. She does look like Lala Kent 
quite a bit. She does. And Lala commented on my photo of it too. And she's like, for a second, I thought that was me. And I was like, yeah, I fucking thought that was you too. So, and I love Lala. But anyway, I think this tagline is, is a flop. It's high. It's kind of recycled from what's her name? Heather Gay. And I just don't think it, it is that great. I'm more of a free spirit without the Holy Spirit. I think it's dumb. Mary's sending Jesus after you was better. I would give her maybe a two out of 10. Then we get into Lisa Barlow. And Lisa Barlow's tagline is, I'll always have your back if you don't stab me in mine. Again, I think so much potential. However, I don't think anybody stabs Lisa Barlow in the back as much as she stabbed Meredith in her back with her awful rant last season. And we know that that's where we're picking up this season. And she's got conflict with the other women, but I feel like she's always had conflict with the other women. So, and I don't know if Lisa Barlow is necessarily someone that always has your back. Has she always had the women's backs? I just don't feel like it's true to Lisa Barlow. Like last season when she was like, I don't need you to love me. I don't need you to like me. I love myself enough for the both of us. That was a great tagline. I loved it. And it was very true to form. It fit Lisa Barlow very well. This one I don't think really fits her. I would give it a four out of 10 just because I think it's a good tagline, but I don't think it fits Lisa Barlow. Then we have Meredith Marks. When I take a shot, I always hit my mark. I think it's good. I think a solid seven, maybe an eight. I think it's a good tagline. Is it my favorite tagline? Not necessarily. I feel like, you know, she's definitely coming for Lisa Barlow and it kind of, we get that in their taglines. But I mean, if she's taking a shot, we definitely know she threw that ax right in Lisa Barlow's back, according to Lisa Barlow. So I think Meredith, her tagline is good. And then the final one that we have is Heather Gay's tagline and hers is, I mean, <clears throat> Sorry. I may be a bad Mormon, but I'm always a good time. Dumb. Again, it feels like her and Whitney are trying to do the same thing and they're trying to have the same storyline. I thought I think Heather's story of breaking up with the Mormon church is a lot more compelling than Whitney's. So I just I also kind of feel like Heather, girl, like we need to come up with something else other than other than, you know, breaking up with the Mormons. I'm excited. I mean, I don't know if I'm excited for the book. I mean, are you guys even interested in reading the book for book club? Who knows? Those are the taglines out now. Episode two airs this Wednesday. And then obviously we have a whole season ahead of Real Houses of Salt Lake City. Let me know what your favorite taglines were and your least favorite. Tell me your, your best, your favorite tagline and your least favorite tagline from the ladies of Salt Lake City. Okay, now let's move on over because I've got some some fun stuff. Now, I went to the biohacking conference in Beverly Hills last month in September, which I love attending. So biohacking focuses on how to like hack your genetics, essentially. Most people are like, my genes are my genes and it's my DNA and I can't change it, right? But there are different lifestyle choices that you can make that can help influence which genes you tap into and which genes you kind of turn off essentially like on and off like a light switch is how a lot of people in the biohacking world tend to describe it perfect example is like diabetes right you can have diabetes that runs in your family but if you take preventative measures you can prevent it you can reverse it so it depends on your lifestyle choices right if you're taking if you're drinking a bottle of wine for breakfast every day obviously that's going to impact you and all of those toxins are going to be very heavy on the liver and that's going to impact your liver function and how your body functions overall 
right? But if you're drinking water all day, every day, and you're hydrating your body and you're taking vitamins and you're eating healthy and you're not eating McDonald's every day and you're making different swaps, then there are different lifestyle choices that can impact you in a negative way and in a positive way. So when it comes to biohacking though, in this conference specifically, they dive into, it's kind of like next level biohacking where you try to combine, like for example, one of the big things in fitness is trying to do a 60 minute workout and do it in like 10 or 15 minutes, right? It's about maximizing what you have in a shorter amount of time or maximizing your goals in you know less time, essentially. And it sounds like a quick fix gimmick, but a lot of it is backed by science. And I think Dave Asprey and the biohacking team definitely bring that to the forefront. They bring a lot of doctors to come and present at this conference. And there are just a lot of fun activations that we get to try and, and play around with. So I love attending this conference. I'm a big wellness junkie. I take all the vitamins. I don't eat gluten and dairy or dairy because it's inflammatory in my body. I've done the, the lab testing and the blood work. I watch my sugar intake because I know how addictive sugar is. And I also know that I don't, I can't focus. I can't think as well when I'm, when I eat sugar, I also tend to get bloated or not bloated, but I, um, inflammation tends to go up in my body. If I'm eating a lot of sugar, I mostly follow like an 80, 20 rule where 80% of the time I try to stay clean and I try to stay, you know, making sure I'm nourishing my body. But then there's the other 20% where sometimes I'll have, you know, if I go to Chicago, I'll have a bite of deep dish Chicago pizza. I'll have a cocktail. I'll have, you know, whatever the case may be 20% of the time, because I know 80% of the time my lifestyle is very clean, but I literally geek out over all this shit. And I was very grateful to attend this year's biohacking conference. It was held at the Beverly Hills, Beverly Hilton. And I, I know Brock Davies, who's Sheena's hubby from Vanderpump Rules. I know he loves all of this stuff because he has his own fitness business and his fitness app. So we went to the conference together and we both sat down with Dave Asprey, who is the founder of Biohacking. He's the creator of the Bulletproof Diet, creator of the Bulletproof Coffee, which is the butter coffee. I know that was really trendy for a while. He created all of this, like bi- this world of biohacking. He's kind of the, the leader that kind of kicked it all off and made it trendy and made it what it is now. So, like cryotherapy, where you go into cryo and it helps like reduce inflammation in your body, that's a form of biohacking. Infrared saunas, where you're sweating out you know, the toxins on a deeper cellular level, that's considered a form of biohacking. Doing, um, I think we saw it on Vanderpump Rules last season where Ariana, or not Ariana, sorry, Katie and Lala were doing that like fitness trend where they, um, I don't know, we're getting a workout. They try to explain it, but it's essentially taking a full form workout and breaking it down into 20 minutes. That way you're still getting the workout, but you know, it's done in a scientific way that helps you get the results a lot faster. So Now, I got Brock to spill some Vanderpump Rules Season 10 spoilers. He gave us a little scoop when I threw him in an infrared sauna at the conference, and I put him in my hot seat, essentially. And I grilled him on Vanderpump Rules and on his relationship with Sheena, which is now up on the YouTube channel. So you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash JustPlainZach, and you can check out that, that fireside chat, that hot seat moment with me and Brock. You can watch that on the YouTube channel. More clips will continue to come out with my time with Brock and some of the other things that we tried. But here is my interview with Brock Davies and with Dave Asprey. We talk all about health, wellness, and of course, a little reality TV. So enjoy. All right, we are live at the Biohacking Conference, and I am so excited because I'm joined with two very special guests. The first is the father of biohacking himself, Mr. Dave Asprey. Uh, thanks for having me. 
I'm excited to chat with you. I love I loved this conference. I came like in the first couple of years back when it was in Pasadena mm-hmm. and to see it grow is is awesome. Um, and we're also joined by the hunk, the fitness hunk from Vanderpump Rules, Mr. Brock Davies. How we doing, guys? I'm actually super excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me and uh, stoked to kind of hear the process. And the best part is you were here back in Pasadena. So yeah. what a transformation, but also congratulations on Thank all you. of this. Not going to lie, when I found out it was we, when we came up about Bulletproof Coffee, I was like, wait a second, I know this. That's what nice. got us all going back in Australia. So the fact that like we're full circle coming here, I just texted all my business partners. I was like, tomorrow we're coming to this event. So Beautiful. thank you for having me. So Dave, what would you say are the top trends that we need to try on the in the tech hall or just here at the conference? Brock and I are going to be playing around. What do we need to, to stop by first? The first thing to try is unlimited danger coffee at the conference. This is my brand new coffee company. Well, I'm shocked out. We already had probably one cup, so we'll go back again. I've had two. Okay, I snuck one in earlier. And it tastes good, but did you taste the minerals? I, I t- no, taste I tasted it black and I tasted it blended. Okay. Both delicious. I'm a big black coffee drinker. Sometimes I'll do the bulletproof in the morning if when I'm doing intermittent fasting. But, I mean, black, I thought it was great. The black danger coffee has tons of trace minerals that you lose if you eat a plant-based diet. So it's restoring minerals. And the reason it tasted so good is your body is going, give me more minerals. And the coffee's amazing, too. Amazing. Cracked out. I'm, I'm going back. We're getting more. Perfect. So, but what makes it different from, like, if I were to go into, like, a Whole Foods and I'm like, okay, this one says organic, it says clean, it says low acid, why Danger Coffee over the rest? Danger Coffee has tons of trace minerals added, more than 50 trace minerals that are not normally found in coffee. And these minerals can enter your cells, so your cells work better, and your body knows that you're starving for minerals because all these seeds and nuts and grains and whole foods pull minerals out of your bones and they make you weaker. So danger coffee makes you stronger. And it's called danger coffee because it gives you so much energy that who knows what you might do. You might ask that person out. You might go exercise. Who knows? I feel like Brock and I are already pretty dangerous naturally, but I'm a little worried about how much danger, how much damage we're going to do on Danger Coffee. Um, so what would you say is something that I should be trying for like anti-aging? Because I know Sheena's going to want you to go back and bring some, I'm some t- I'm tips. I'm taking notes. All right. Go to the True Light booth. And light therapy has come a long way since I started that company. And what True Light does is four different types of lights at high intensity, and their lights are four times more powerful than what's out on the market today. And it's very thin to the point that you can fold something that'll do your whole body, including your face and hair. Mm. And you can take it with you when you travel. So it's lighter and stronger than anything else on the market. See, I want, I'm afraid, I was telling him, I was af- I'm afraid of going blonde because I bleached my hair so much that I'm afraid I'm going to lose my hair. That I'm like, I think I need to start doing red light therapy it on my works. scalp. Yeah. I, uh, I've seen a few of them. I've seen a couple of the face masks and all that, and I saw it out there. So we'll jump in there and try that out too. Yeah, it's called True Light. And it has amber in it, which is good for fine lines, wrinkles, and blood vessels in a way that most red light therapy doesn't do. And so it's the light that's actually penetrating deep to kind of help the cells regenerate, correct? Infrared does that. Red adds energy, and amber is kind of like the polishing thing for the fine wrinkles. Okay. Damn. I'm here for that. <laughs> I feel like it's like waxing the car there. You're just going to put on the cleaner, the polish, and all that. Let's go, because i got to work on this too, to be honest. There's an oil change involved in there. Somewhere yeah, too. perfect. Have you not done Botox? I have done Botox once, and it just didn't work. And I got like a lot of units put in there. Yeah. And then for me, when I was playing sport and playing rugby, 
I kind of was like, you know what? I do need the head muscles there to kind of you know, help me out, not be relaxed when I take a hit. So I stopped it, but I definitely got some highways up here. So, And you're all natural. I didn't say that. I'm a biohacker. <laughs> anything on the planet. Right. So I, I've done a lot of lasers. I've also had more stem cells, I think, than anyone else alive, as far as I can tell. I've done a lot of stem cell That's work. like one of the new trends, yeah. right? Is stem cells. They always inject it in your face. In fact, Dr. Hare Adelson, who does my stem cell work out of Park City, put together a one day, without it be a small event for people especially interested in stem cells, a thousand people showed up to the yep. pre-conference day just on stem cells. We had leading stem cell experts like Marcelo Madeira, and it was pretty incredible. Wow. I feel like you are the the father of biohacking, but I also feel like that's gotten you some heat as kind of being a polarizing figure. When Bulletproof first came out, people were like, why are you putting butter in your coffee? But you've kind of continued to build this biohacking empire that's now taken off. Now you have Brock, who's on reality TV, talking about biohacking and showing off his muscles to all his cast members. I almost think this biohacking <sighs> stuff works. So what do you think? And look, if I'm polarizing, look, you can have light and dark. I'll yeah. just be the light. There's always going to be dark people. Like, <laughs> it's, it's always okay. going to be angry, dark people. Right? If you could be angry and skeptical, then you can stay fat and tired. I used to weigh 300 pounds. I know what that's like. Wow. I was an angry skeptic, too. Or you could just do what works. And the yeah. reason biohacking is cool, we measure it. And if it doesn't work, you're not going to see the shoulders. You're not going to see the leanness. And I can tell you, I've got the stretch marks from when I was 300 pounds, but I don't weigh 300 pounds. I think it works. And I can prove it works. And you're living proof that it does work. I, I like to think so. And it's all actually caffeine. See, I finally got the caffeine tattoo. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I don't think my muscles aren't quite as there, but I don't think I work out <laughs> as much as you guys do. But I got a little t tone and definition. Yeah, you're making it go. I'll land a little bit. My, my eight pound weights carry it. <laughs> so, one of the things that I did want to try is I saw the brain tap booth outside, the glasses. Mm -hmm. We're going to try that. That's on our list right after this. What is that? I, it yeah. looks exciting, but I kind of need to know a little bit more, Dave. We finally know enough to know how to go inside your brain and make your brain do what you want it to do. Braintap's yes. our title sponsor. And you, you do this stuff. We first started experimenting in the 70s with this. And for 30 years, we've been improving the way to use specifically timed light signals and sound signals to put your brain in a state of relaxation, of energy, of focus, so you can dial up programming, including some that I've helped make on the BrainTap platform. So you use their device. It's amazing. You put it on for as little as eight minutes, and you're in a different state as if you meditated. Yep. So you got to try this. And if you want to go all in on meditation, or maybe you've banged some people with your head, go to 40 Years of Zen. Our booth is out here. We can do a brain scan for you. And this is a five-day intensive brain upgrade that replaces decades of daily meditation. I'm too lazy to meditate for decades. I'll just go in for a week of working my ass off, and the results are profound. And is that available outside of this event for us to do that? Because yep. I want to tell everybody to do that. Like, why would you not want to try and, A, take advantage of that? Because, you know, how it is to have the willpower to try and change and then create those pathways to bring that in there. And if you can get a tool to help you. You can get BrainTap. You can order it online. And everyone can have a brain tap. 40 Years Zen is in Seattle. You make an appointment, you go there for five days. But we're rolling that tech out to my franchise called Upgrade Labs. So Upgrade Labs has all the biohacks that you would expect that change I'm your out. mind, change your metabolism. So anyone can open one in any city now. And we're rolling that neurofeedback from 40 Years Zen out. So in the time you would have gone and flopped those eight-pound dumbbells around, we can put muscle on five times faster than that. We can do cardio 12 times better, and in the leftover time, we'll upgrade your brain. See, I like the efficiency of it. 
I'm a, I'm busy, okay? I have a lot of content that I'm taping that I want to make sure that we can squeeze it in in 15 minutes. That's how I am in bed. I'm like, we only got 15 minutes. In and out. Let's go. Takes you seven minutes to take your clothes off. <laughs> now, you haven't seen me take my clothes off. <laughs> I, it takes me longer, depending on who it's with. Um, any other uh, booths that we should be checking out? Or those at the, the top? We're definitely getting some extra, some more danger coffee. I've been talking for 10 years about cold therapy. And again, it's one of those things. How could Dave talk about that? It's snake oil. Well, gee, there's all these studies that come out, including some from Stanford University, that say, that's so weird. If you do what Wim Hof recommends, mm -hmm. and Wim Hof's been on my stage years ago and been on the podcast, the science comes along more and more and more to validate what biohackers are doing. And we adjust what we're doing based on new science. Go out and do the cold plunge. And what you'll find is magically everything else throughout your day makes you happier because it's resetting dopamine receptor sensitivity. Dopamine's your happiness neurotransmitter. So you spend one minute or five minutes being really cold and then the rest of the day, you're happier than you would have been otherwise. That's totally worth it. Plus it burns hundreds more calories, reduces inflammation, a bunch of other stuff. But really, you just want to kick more ass because you were cold for a little while. I can do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, even Kourtney Kardashian does the cold plunge, Dave. Oh yeah, everybody does now. You've made it trendy for even the Kardashians. I, I like to take credit for that. Uh, I don't know if, actually I do know that they do some of this stuff. Because she actually, stuff. she just launched some, some new vitamin gummies. I love it. Perfect. I love it. She's on the right track there. She is. I mean, I, I actually want to talk more about Upgrade Labs and all that, and the fact that you're bringing that into a, into, uh, yeah. into something. They have one here at the Beverly Hilton. Yeah. I think I came when it first opened, yeah. and it's awesome. Okay. We need to talk about that some more because I want to tell everybody about that. What, what, what to expect? What can we expect? What type of treatments can we do when we come in here? Okay. Most of the time, people don't go to the gym. You go to the gym. I'd go to the gym. You'd probably I go, go to the gym. gym. All right. But most people are like, I'm too busy, and it doesn't even work that well. Mm -hmm. So I'm tired. I didn't do it. I had stuff to do. I had a commute. What would happen if you could do it in five minutes and you got more results in the gym? Would you do that? I mean, I'll do that. Everyone would do that. <laughs> so this has been my dream for a long time, and I bought millions of dollars worth of gear, had it in my house, tested all this stuff out, and eventually I opened eight years ago underneath Arnold Schwarzenegger's office in Santa Monica. And I've been learning how to do this ever since. Now we're at the point where franchising, which means anyone can go to ownandupgradelabs.com and they can open one in their town. You come in, we measure your body electrically to see where are you strong, where are you weak, where are you dehydrated, how good are you at managing electricity and energy in your body. And then we say, what's important to you? Do you want to be ripped? Do you want to be lean? Do you want to be highly energetic? Do you want to recover from stress? Do you want to be smarter? And based on that, we use our algorithms, our AI, to write you a prescription for which of our biohacking tools to use in what order at the facility. Wow. And when you're done, you spent less time than the gym. You got your cardio. You got your muscle. But everything about your life is better. That's something that I want in every city in the country. That's awesome. I'm definitely going to check that out after here. I love it. I it's like like this was Disneyland for you when I went to the Upgrade Labs. I went to the original in Santa Monica, and I went to this one when it opened, and they were they were awesome. And I can't wait to to play around with all these gadgets, Brock. Are you ready? Well, can we just yeah? Can we get there and let's go play around and in Wonderland out there? Let's do it. Perfect, Dave. Thank you. Oh, uh, you got it. Thank you.
All right, guys, you can go and subscribe on YouTube, youtube.com slash JustPlainZach for more exclusive content from the biohacking conference. Definitely give Brock and Dave some support. I'm a big wellness junkie, so I do want to incorporate some of these things a little bit as time goes on with the podcast. You know, I want to mix up the content. So let me know what other interests you guys have or whether you guys are interested in these things or not interested. You can let me know in a DM. You can leave me an Apple review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave me a comment, you can, yeah, just leave a comment below. But Brock and I tore up the exhibit hall. We tested all the best in fitness and wellness trends. We drank so much danger coffee. You'll see us like go and put the fitness test together where we challenge his strength versus my strength. Um, Spoiler alert, I lose that. We test out all of these other fun gadgets and it was, it was a blast. So stay tuned for more of that content. We also did this fun like brain tap thing where it's like, I describe it as meditation on crack, which I know is probably how you shouldn't describe it, they're probably going to be like, no, Zach, that's not what it is. But it essentially takes like a one hour, the benefits of a one hour or a long form meditation and breaks it down into like 20 minutes. And so I have a little brain. Oh, actually I have it right here. I'm not paid to endorse them either, but it's like these fun little futuristic glasses. I put them on, on Instagram. And somebody said that, um, it reminded them of like a future futuristic sex doll, but it like lights up and does all this fun stuff. But so yeah, we test that out. We do a lot of fun stuff. So stay tuned. More of that content will be up on the YouTube channel. Members will get the the content first, at least a good 24 hours before it's available to everyone on the YouTube channel. But stay tuned. Lots of fun stuff to come. And uh, next week I have on Max Lugavere, who is the founder of the Genius Life podcast. He wrote the Genius Life book and he wrote uh, Genius Foods, both New York Times bestselling books. I also have on Dr. Will Cole. He's written a number of New York Times bestselling books, um, Intermittent Fasting, Ketotarian, The Inflammation Spectrum. Love Dr. Will. He does all sorts. Like, I would definitely recommend following them both on Instagram. They're both cuties. They both have great content. They both do a lot of fun, like, like fun, flashy content. So they're not like static doctors that are like boring and stuffy. I really enjoy them. I've known them both for many, many years. And I taped an interview with the two of them at the biohacking conference. That'll come out next Wednesday. And we dish on Tom Girardi's dementia, Teddy Mellencamp's all in accountability program, Joe Rogan, because Max Lugavere is just on Joe Rogan. Um, Dr. Will does a bunch of stuff with Goop. So lots of fun stuff. So stay tuned for that interview. We I do make them talk housewives. We talk Erica Jane and Beverly Hills and all that fun stuff. But we also talk a lot about like, you know, dementia and Tom Girardi and all that fun stuff. So stay tuned for that. Get ready. That'll air next Wednesday. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't miss our live this Thursday night at youtube.com slash JustPlainZach and on our Instagram account at NoFilterWithZach. It'll be up on the podcast on Friday morning, along with an all-new episode of You're Doing Amazing, Sweetie, a Kardashian's recap on the Ringer Reality TV podcast, which is available now on Spotify. Guys, please go and support. I'm so excited about this new deal with Spotify and the Ringer. And to have this show, it's one hour, once a week every friday new episodes drop so we already released episode one and two of you're doing amazing sweetie episode three will drop this friday and every friday moving forward we recap kardashians news we do product reviews we talk about this week's episode of the kardashians on hulu so stay tuned for that it is fun i do talk more about like brain tap since kendall jenner did like her brain mapping with dr amen so stay tuned for that it's available on the ringer reality tv podcast so subscribe to the ringer reality tv podcast available on spotify and stay tuned because i'll also be doing some fun deep dives on the ringer dish 
So you can also subscribe to both of those and leave a good review and tell them you love Zach. Say, I love Zach. That way they keep Zach. You can give me a follow at Just Plain Zach for all, and for all the latest reality TBT, follow us at No Filter with Zach. Stock up on No Filter Wine at NoFilterWine.com and I will talk to you guys later. Love you. Mean it. Bye.